0: I'm Aubrey Henderson, I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Howdy, y'all. What is up? I have got some good stuff in store for us this week. We are going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, conflict. And you may have literally had a gut reaction just to hearing that word. I know I sometimes do. And whatever your individual relationship is with conflict, I know some of us are comfy with it, others break out into a sweat at the mere thought of it. I believe there's going to be something in this episode for you something actionable, something meaningful. But honestly, this episode is especially for those of you listening who avoid conflicts like the plague or who will bend over backwards just to avoid confrontation of any kind and at all costs, because we're going to talk about how to get even just a little bit more comfortable with conflict, because like it or not, it's a part of life. And y'all, I know that it's hard, it's uncomfortable, but you know, I believe, as you know, that we can do hard shit and we can do hard shit, especially when we collectively do it together and support each other through it. Okay, so let's get right into it with our listener question. Aubrey, I'm a very conflict-averse person. I usually choose not to engage in scenarios that may invite criticism or conflict into my life. However, I rationally understand that conflict can be healthy and is a normal part of all relationships, how can I become more comfortable with conflict? And what tools can I use to engage with it in a healthy and confident way? So um, my response to this question, not only can I say that this is something I've personally wrestled with in my life significantly, um, but I also know that tons of people listening to this podcast can also relate. So I posted a poll in my Instagram stories the other day as I was working on my response to this question, and I asked how people feel about conflict. Um, and so in the poll, the choices were, I hate it and avoid it, or eh, I'm comfortable with it. Um, so those were the two options. And at final tally, uh, 82% of respondents avoid conflict. So that's significant, 82%. And you know the number of people who respond to that poll is not small. Um, that's a lot. So... You know, as I've said before to folks who have written in, um, you're absolutely not alone in this and what you're struggling with. And so we are all going to go down this road together, my friend. Um, So I think this phenomenon of avoiding conflict and confrontation comes from a few places. So for one, um, you know, these things, conflict, confrontation, they're super uncomfortable. I mean, just to call a thing a thing, even if we're used to conflict happening, uh, even for people who, you know, don't feel like they need to avoid conflict or who feel pretty equipped to address it head on. I still feel like it's rare to meet a person who is like, yes, identifying an issue or a problem feels totally comfortable for me and I thrive in it. <laughs> that's, and that's not to say that those people don't exist. I am sure that you are out there and also you and your experience are valid and we probably all have some shit to learn from you, to be honest, me included. So please come be a guest on my show. Okay, great. Um, but truly, for the most part, I feel like being in a situation with direct conflict, confronting someone, being in disagreement is going to feel at least a little bit uncomfortable and sometimes debilitatingly so. Uh, So I feel like it really, it makes sense that we avoid it. It's adaptive. It's, um, you know, we use it to, you know, we naturally do behaviors that help us avoid pain and discomfort and negative experiences. And so of course we're going to avoid that conflict is uncomfortable. Confrontation is often uncomfortable. Um, you know, and I also think in many ways this can be a defense mechanism. I mean, especially for anybody who, you know, grew up with some chaos in their environment and this is me. I mean, I say this as somebody who this is absolutely true for me. Um, I'm the oldest of six kids in my family. Uh, I have divorced parents, I'm from a family with you know lots of feelings. Each and every one of us uh, comes with our own unique cocktail of mental health struggles, mental illness, and that again includes me. Um, so conflict and confrontation were not unusual things when I was growing up. They weren't. Uh, and is that a bad thing? No, not necessarily. Uh, but it does mean I've developed some like natural defense mechanisms that gets conflict and confrontation. Some ways that I can avoid them and, you know, just ways to to you know get around that, ways to cut it off at the pass. And so to that end, I actually asked those same folks on Instagram, the ones who voted in the poll and told me, you know, I hate conflict, I avoid conflict at all costs. I asked them to tell me, you know, some of the ways that they are able to avoid conflict in their everyday lives, these things that are so commonplace and that show up all the time that pop up throughout our lives, how they actually are able to avoid conflict at all costs. And so, you know, I'm going to read you some of their responses and then we'll talk about them. Um, so in order to avoid conflict, folks said that they will shut up. Um, someone said, I won't vocalize my disagreement and will actually go as far as to tell myself I'm actually wrong. Um, Someone said i'll say I need space from it all but really I just need space from them and hope that they get that Uh, Someone said i'm a peacekeeper. I try to see conflict coming and address that shit early so I don't know if that um If that response I mean i'll just give it up on this one This one was actually my mom and she does try to address that shit early Um, That one sounds like it's written in my voice. It's actually just the you know the person i'm a genetic descendant of Um, someone else said, I tend to compromise to a fault to avoid conflict. So again, compromising your own needs. Um, I go along with the desires of others and give them the benefit of the doubt at all costs. Uh, unfortunately I don't avoid it. I always try to have the last word, um, which is actually someone who snuck in there who doesn't necessarily avoid conflict. Although I think this was somebody who said that they were, they hated conflict, but they didn't avoid it. They pursue it. Um, Someone said, I accommodate others by avoiding engaging with my feelings. So accommodating others but disconnecting from their own feelings. Someone else said, I give in to what I think will make others happy. Um, Someone said, I try to please everyone all the time. (laughs) And then my favorite one, someone said, dig a nice deep hole and just literally... Physically hide yourself from conflict. Um, because that's honestly the only way to completely avoid it Um, man, I read these things and some of them just are really fucking sad Y'all I mean and I relate to them which is actually what makes them sadder Um is that I hear myself in a lot of these things and I hear people I love and especially women and queer folks who I love I hear in these responses and these are just great examples of how we can completely just subvert our own needs and our own preferences because we believe that getting into conflict is actually going to feel worse or is going to have more dire consequences than just stating what we need. And this goes back to this idea of like, if you came up in chaos, if there was if there was a lot of chaos, if it, there was a lot of conflict and stress when you were growing up, then you actually might have data to support that hypothesis. You might have actually seen conflict or confrontation lead to a severed relationship. You might have seen that like conflict happened. And as a result, there was connection broken. And so much of this was about, you know, I put what others want first. I put someone else's needs before my own. And how many of us have seen this happen? So we We just avoid conflict because it's easier to pretend that we don't have a preference or an opinion or that our needs don't matter than to experience the pain or the rejection or the conflict or the disagreement or, God forbid, the separation. That's a lot. And, you know, this letter writer says... I rationally understand that conflict can be healthy and is a normal part of all relationships, so how can I become more comfortable with conflict and what tools can I use to engage with it in a healthy and confident way? So I love this because conflict is not inherently unhealthy, y'all. It's not. As this person says, can it be unhealthy? Certainly, of course, it absolutely can, but it's also often how we assert our needs or set limits, or set boundaries, things that that keep us healthy in our relationships and in our relationships with ourselves. And like, is that easy? No, of course not. And especially not when you're conditioned in such a way that, you know, you want to avoid it because it's uncomfortable and because it's fucking scary is really what it is. It's about fear, but it's also so, so important. And that's what this letter writer has caught onto is like, look, I know that I'm uncomfortable with this. It's scary. I avoid it. This is my pattern, but I want to break it. I want to figure out a way to become more comfortable with this and to use it to engage in a healthy and confident way, which I fucking love. And this person is asking for like kind of, you know, concrete tools they can use. Ask Aubrey is supported by Eliza and Wilde. Eliza & Wild creates all-natural, high-potency CBD products designed to give you targeted everyday self-care, inside and out. Their ingestible and topical CBD products are consciously designed with all-natural and intentionally sourced ingredients and fully recyclable packaging. So it's good for you, and for the Earth. And y'all, Eliza & Wild literally does not have a single product that I don't love. I have them all and everything smells and tastes incredible and is made with ingredients that I can feel good about putting on and in my body. I take the CBD and MCT oil drops daily, and they help me to really keep my anxiety and my tension under control. And they also have a line of amazing CBD topical products, including this lip balm that I am truly obsessed with. And like, did you know that CBD actually has anti-inflammatory properties when you apply it directly to your skin? Because I didn't until I started to use this lip balm and it is changing my life. And also it smells amazing, which we all know is really important. And I know that you're going to love these products just as much as I do. So when you grab yours at ElizaAndWild.com, you can use the promo code Aubrey15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's ElizaAndWild.com, E-L-I-Z-A-A-N-D-W-Y-L-D.com. And make sure to use code Aubrey15, that's A-U-B-R-E-E-1-5, for 15% off. So when we think about ways to get comfy with conflict and tools to engage with it, I mean, for me, I think about one big thing. And that big thing is reframing your thoughts around conflict and what it means or what it doesn't mean. Um, So, you know, to really illustrate what I mean by that, um, the next time that you're in a space where conflict feels imminent, like it feels like, oh shit, like, you know, somebody's going to get mad. You know, if if this person says this, if I say this thing, there is going to be conflict, there's going to be confrontation. I want you to take a second just to pause and to listen to the thoughts going through your head. And I don't say this like it's easy because as somebody with, you know, anxiety and with what I call anxiety brain, I know that, you know, taking that moment to pause when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're fearful about something is a lot easier said than done. Um, But really just in that moment, as much as you can taking a moment to like, listen to those thoughts that are going through your head. You know, what is your brain telling you? And if we take a second to listen, we see that oftentimes these are messages that actually tell you things that you've learned about conflict before. And whether that's from childhood, whether that's from, you know, an old relationship, like a lot of my stuff is from you know, my old romantic relationships or friendships even, um, not necessarily all just from my childhood and my family. It's from all of the shit that I've been through and all of the conflict that I've dealt with in my life. And so, you know, your brain might tell you things like, you know, um, if there's that fear of separation, it's something like, you know, keep the peace or they'll leave you. You know, keep the peace or you, or you risk losing this relationship. Um, Your brain might be telling you something like, you know, creating harmony is the only value you add to this situation so that it's your job actually to maintain the status quo, to maintain harmony um, and peace. And so, you know, if you aren't doing that, you're actually not adding value, that that's where your worth lies. That's what your worth hinges on. It might be telling you something like just shut up and deal with it, you know, that you need to stay quiet, what you want doesn't matter here, and you can just put up with this, you can deal with this, you've dealt with it before, so just shut up and deal with it. Um, It might even be telling you something like, you know, in those scenarios where you're putting others' needs above yours, others' happiness, prioritizing that over your own, you know, you might be hearing something from your brain like, hey, your needs are a burden, like don't put that burden on other people you know, keep that to yourself. It could be telling you a lot of things. It might be none of these things. It might be none of these stories, Um, but it might be one of them or or a variant of one of them. And so you actually won't know that until you listen. Um, And you might already have some awareness of this, but I really would encourage you just to take take that time to do that um, and really reflect. And I mean, I think if you do nothing else um, to address, you know, how you deal with conflict, I I think this is the thing that can often be a game changer for people is to dig into those thoughts and, you know, starting with those thoughts and thinking about where they're originating is just a great place to start. I mean, and if you're like me, you can actually even talk back to them. Um, If you're like me, if you're not like me, this is, but this is something that I do for real. A lot of the time, people who are close to me will tell you that I do this, that I will actually engage with my inner um, you know, self-talk with my own brain um, and I actually, you know, I have to treat my my inner self-talk, my, you know, inner me like just a really neurotic friend I have that, you know, I'm simultaneously trying to comfort her and, you know, she's stressed out all the time and so I'm trying to treat her with a lot of love and a lot of tenderness. I mean, she's an extension of me after all, but I also have to be really stern with her and I have to set boundaries with her too. Um so if she said something to me like you know I'm I'm going into conflict and I you know like let's say my my wife says something and I disagree and I want to you know state that disagreement or set a boundary and my inner self says hey your needs are a burden and so if you state them she's going to leave you um you know what I might say back and like actually say, you know, <laughs> and in this scenario, I might say it back in my mind. I might say it out loud. Who knows? My wife is the person in the world I'm most comfortable with. So it wouldn't be the wildest thing I've ever said. Um, but I might say back to my inner voice, to this idea of your needs are a burden. If you state them, she'll leave you. I might say back to her, okay, where's the data that, to support that hypothesis? Why would she leave me? why are my needs a burden, but hers are important. And so I'm doing all these mental gymnastics to meet them. Why can't both of our needs be important? And if you turn it into a conversation, it disarms it. And, you know, it takes away some of that, you know, that this inner self-talk is a statement of absolute truth because it's not. And like, yes, your self-talk has power. The way you speak to yourself has immense power actually, which is why we get stuck in these cycles of how you know we engage in relationships, how we feel about ourselves, how we are in the world is largely related to our self-talk and how we speak to ourselves. But it's also it's also not you know immutable. We can we can change that self-talk, and so actually responding to it can be incredibly powerful. I mean, like honestly, these conversations I have with myself can get intense, um, but I find that they make all of the difference. Truly. And, you know, I also think the thing to remember here, and that I would tell this letter writer and I would tell to every single person listening, is like conflict feels scary and stressful, and confrontation is uncomfortable. But what's underneath it for a lot of people is this idea that our needs aren't important, that, you know, what I need mm, doesn't really matter that much. It doesn't matter enough to put myself out there or to be uncomfortable. And, Y'all, you're subverting your needs to support everyone else and to make them feel better. But by doing that, you are doing yourself zero favors. And the way that your life can open up, just massively open up when you're able to ask for what you really need or what you really want, are just greater than you can possibly imagine. And I say this because this has been true for me. And Honestly, only in the last few years of my life have I really been able to tap into this, this ability to ask for what I need. And it's not perfect. I mean, people close to me, again, will tell you I'm not perfect at this. I still have to practice this. I still have to you know, engage with that inner voice and have conversations with her all the time. And sometimes the things that she's telling me are the things that come out of my mouth. And I hear them come out of my mouth to the people that I trust. And I'm like, holy shit, what did I just say? Um, And so it's not perfect. It's a journey that I'm on. But, you know, ultimately it did take this big leap of faith to believe that in my relationships that asking for what I wanted wasn't a bad thing. That asking for what I needed wasn't a bad thing and that my needs and my preferences and my comfort weren't just a burden to everyone else. And honestly, the reality is that, yes, there are going to be people where you set boundaries, where you go into conflict more confidently, where you assert your needs more confidently, where people are not going to be cool with that. I, you know, I don't want to lie to you and tell you that that's not true, Um But I do actually believe, and that doesn't mean that like painful loss isn't a possibility, but I do believe that quality people in your life, the people who love you deeply, the people who's, you know, who value your development and your growth, those people will be in support of you setting boundaries. The right people will view your feedback, you know, what, what, you know, some might call conflict or confrontation someone else might call constructive feedback that's what i might call it and so the right people will view and receive your feedback as valuable or even as a gift you know when when somebody who's close to me whose opinion matters to me gives me feedback even when it's really hard or tells me like hey it was really fucked up when you said this thing to me and i don't know if you meant it that way but this is how it landed for me and like that's an example of conflict this is some of the shit that people are talking about when they talk about conflict um, you know, there is a way that the right person can receive that as like, oh my God, thank you for telling me that. As not like, oh, you're trying, what are you trying to pick a fight with me, but to receive that as a gift, to know like it must have been hard to say that. And when we can look at each other and see the ways that, you know, we are all dealing with difficult shit. And it is not easy to tell somebody, hey, you know, you hurt me in this way, or hey, this is crossing a boundary for me, or hey, you know, I need this to look differently for this relationship to work for me. Those things are not easy to say. But what you're doing by entering into conflict with confidence is you are saying, I am willing to be vulnerable because an outcome here that honors everyone's boundaries as best as it can is actually more important than comfort, than complacency, than status quo. It is more important to find an outcome that works for everyone's boundaries. And we can only know those by identifying them, by people all feeling comfortable to share them even when they're in opposition to one another. And again, I say this every time, but like with that vulnerability, with that willingness to step into something scary is where you find real connection and real intimacy with people. And to this sweet letter writer, like, I think that's why you're wanting to, you know, be able to get more comfortable with conflict and to be able to engage with it in a healthy way. And you mention your relationships. I mean, it's because of your relationships that you want, that you want to get better at this. And I think that's amazing. And I do think ultimately it starts at, you know, this space of really digging into what is coming up for you. What are those thoughts? Um, What are those things that your brain is telling you is going to happen if you do enter into conflict? What if I do this? What's going to pop up? And I think starting there and really interrogating those thoughts and if those things are true and having that conversation with yourself, that gap between the stimulus of fear of conflict and the response of running away widening that gap as much as you can and letting there be space to check in with yourself is going to be the game changer. So to this letter writer, to anyone else who's listening, I hope that you will, you'll try that out. And I hope you'll check back in with me and let me know how it goes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson. And I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty bad. Or you can send a good old fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.